to the Souls Undressed podcast with your host, Tori Rankovich. If you're ready to bear it all, strip away the stigmas and get down to business with thought-provoking conversations and all the raw reflections to help you ride life's waves, then you found your one-stop shop, honey. It's time to dive into an episode full of endless tips and tricks for the go-getter and soulful lover. What's up, humans? It's Tori from Souls Undressed Podcast, and I have missed you. I've missed talking with you. Um, We are back with our introductory episode to season two. This is episode 24, and today is just going to be a nice catch-up, kind of a reflection back on the last couple of years, some life lessons learned from 2020 and 2021. Um, And yes, I am going to talk about 2020 and 2021. I feel like you have to talk about both years to get like a whole year perspective. One year was like cut in half by shit we couldn't do. The other year was cut in half by the shit we were making up for from not getting to do. Um, So I've kind of compiled things that I wrote down last year when I planned season two and then things that I also came up with this morning to kind of marry last year and this year and how they've impacted me and the people around me and kind of some things we've learned from them. Some things that will change a little bit from last year, season one, into season two. I started season one's episodes with a quote that was from my vision board, and then I would talk about how it kind of applied to the episode or why it stuck out to me for this episode, and then we would dive into it. Um, This year, or this season, as you can tell, the intro already started a little bit different, And then instead of picking a vision board quote, I'm going to choose a song lyric. Um, And I will also always give the name of the song and the singer or the group. Um, But I really think that it'll be fun to kind of change it up. Music has really been big to me in the last year or so. And I know it has been for a lot of other people that are close to me. So I thought it would be really cool to kind of give like song input. Also, Um, we may have totally different tastes in music, but similar tastes in topics that we like to talk about. So if you are not into my music, don't come at me. I'm just throwing out my good juju. You can maybe come into my messages and be like, yo, this is a song that I thought of for this episode. And then I would be totally down to hear about it. Um, So without further ado, also side note, I do realize that I said without further ado a lot last season. I will try to be better. So let's get started. How's that? Um, All right. So my song lyric, it's from uh, Are You Bored Yet by The Wallows or by Wallows. There's not a the in there. Definitely not. It's just Wallows. Uh, The lyric is, what's wrong? You've been asking, but I don't have an answer. And then there's like a few other words. And the next part that stuck with me says, when we get old, will we regret this? And then it says, too young to think about all that shit. And I think that that just, like, grabbed me when I think about these last couple of years because, A, anytime anyone has asked me what's wrong, I, I literally don't have an answer for them. Like, I'm, I'm a complete shit show, but I don't have, like, a, a like nailed-down answer for that. And also, too, like, I've really learned to process my life in less of a perspective of will I regret this or is this going to hurt me or is this the smartest thing I've done all day and really looked at it as how is this helping me right now how is this making me feel right now and how is this getting me through whatever's going on because really in reality like we're not 
75, our life isn't over. If we're making a choice to serve ourselves that day, as long as it's not like consuming a harmful drug, then I think we're probably in like, we're probably in a good position. Like it's probably safe to bet that you're probably young enough to, you know, make the choice for you that day and not like doing what the, the safest thing is or like what the smartest thing is or what I won't regret in the morning or next year or when I'm older. I don't know. I feel like that was a giant ramble to say, this year has taught me to do whatever the F I want and think less about, is this what Johnny Sue is going to think was the right choice for me, you know? And I think there's a lot to be learned from that. There's a lot to be learned from that two-minute ramble of do whatever it is that speaks to your soul and stop worrying so goddamn much about what everybody else thinks about it. Um, Because if we have survived these last two years, then... We've earned the right to live this life however the F we please. So that's all I've got to say about that. Um, I do want to just let this disclaimer be known at the start of every episode. It's important to remember I am not a mental health professional. I am not a professional of any kind other than in the uh, area of photography and talking out my ass. Um, (laughs) I can speak to you from only my personal experiences and those of the people around me. Um, I do have a lot of perspective. I like to be grounded in my thoughts and in the ways that I've been able to see the world. So that's what made me start this podcast in the first place. But if you are new here, it is important to know I'm not ever giving professional medical advice or mental health advice. I fully and 1000% support therapy. I see a therapist every week. I think we should all see a therapist every week. Um, So please just don't ever listen to an episode and think that I'm like telling you how to fix your mind. Um, I might be telling you like ways to help your soul feel better, but I'm never giving you professional medical advice. So now that I've made it so you can't sue me, um, let's just dive into some life updates before we get into our life lessons. Actually, scratch that. I'm going to do life lessons first, life update later, because the rambling will definitely happen in the life update. The life lessons I have numbered, so I have like a little bit more control over myself. Uh, This is something new that I added this year um, from, like, to last year's list. And I added it in as number one because I think it's the most important thing. Um, Really learning that we had to take time in 2020. And some of us have even had to take time in 2021. I say some of us because some of us have chosen not to. Um, But I think that the biggest thing for me that I've been able to take away from all of the fuckery that's happened in the last couple of years is that there's always only going to be the time that we provide ourselves and there's no reward for like rushing um, or like trying to get to the next step as, as quickly as possible. Like there's literally no no one that's like waiting at a finish line with like a, t- a timer and a stopwatch that's like, yeah, you were first. Like you wore yourself out the most. You did the most for the most amount of time. Like you're literally the only person that's measuring that for yourself. Um, so, I mean, if anyone is paying attention to how much you're doing, screw them. They're not of concern to you. They're weird and don't have other things to focus on. Um, but I read a post today <clears throat> that was about chronic pain. And it talked about the way that so many people who deal with chronic pain on a regular basis become so used to pushing themselves through that pain for work or whatever it is that 
it starts to become this like normalized thing that they feel that they're not able to take time to rest when they are in pain because they're always in pain. Um, so when you have that kind of chronic situation, and I don't view my pain as chronic quite yet. It's not something that I deal with on a daily basis, and I know people who are in chronic pain, like excruciating pain every day of their lives. So I don't feel comfortable calling mine chronic. But I do think that there is, um, I've definitely felt some of the fallout from that mindset of like, every day when there's something wrong, you start to believe that you don't have the ability to hold space for yourself when there's something wrong, because there's always fucking something wrong. Um, And that really got me thinking that they're like, in the same way, there's no reward for pushing through pain every day. There's no reward for pushing through suicidal thoughts every day and just barreling into your work. Like, there's literally no reward for doing those things. The only thing there's reward for is taking rest when your body needs it and when your mind needs it. And that's the kind of thing, like, that reward can only be felt when it's being done, when it's being taken. So a lot of us that just, like, push that off, we're just like, no, I, I haven't earned it yet. No, I haven't earned it yet. Like, we never really feel the relief of resting or of taking that time. Um, so that's the main thing that I've taken out of the last couple of years is that, like, you know, people say it all the time with work. Like, if something happened to you tomorrow, your job would re- would replace you next week. Um, like, that's so true with so many corporate jobs. Like, so many of us beat ourselves up and, like, wear ourselves so thin because we feel like that's what's expected of society and that's what's the norm. Is like, go, 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 go. Work yourself to, to live, not, like, live to work, not work to live kind of thing. And I think that there's, like, been a big wake up for me for that. I think there's been a big wake up on like the business front for a long time. That's why I left kind of the position I was in before. But with the pandemic and with this like downtime, this forced downtime, it's really shown me the importance of like putting my foot down and saying, hell no, I'm done with this. Like I'm done with the hustle and bustle. I'm done with rushing. Like at some point we have to recognize that the only way to shift the norm of our society's like views of hustle and bustle and work culture is to actually be someone who puts our foot down and says, no, I'm not going to do this. This is not going to be my norm. Um, I think that unless we are willing to be someone in our culture that stops doing what we don't like, we're just going to keep bitching about the fact that we don't like it. Like, things aren't going to change. I think that we also highly underestimate our ability of, like, influence. I think as soon as we start to live our lives like something is normal for us, other people in our circles start to see it as a, the ability to be normal. I see that happen all the time in my circle just since quitting teaching. And I don't say that to be like, oh, yeah, look at me. I, I quit my job. Like, I'm not at all bragging. I'm saying I was once scared shitless about leaving my my salary job because that's literally the only thing that my family, society, all of my circle around me had ever shown me was possible like that that was normal was you go to work whether you like it or not you make the money you go home when I started to get people in my life who were like yo I think yo they didn't say yo I don't know why I did that um like hey I think you could do this full time I know how miserable you are in the setting what do you think about like pursuing this have you ever thought about that it really put me in a position to be like oh fuck like pushed way out of my comfort zone But ever since being in that position, the people in my life who have come to work with me or work closer with me or who have gotten closer with me as friends 
have slowly gotten to see in their own lives the way that that's reflected to them, them, their circumstances. It's kind of like a mirror of what they're capable of or what they have access to or what isn't so far out of the norm, which is what all of this rambling is getting at. We have these normed situations and that's all we think we can live by until people start to change things and do things by a different rule book. And then we're like, oh, shit. Like, that's not impossible. Like, that's not unheard of anymore. Um, So enough rambling about that. But point one, take time. That is the one top thing that I've learned and taken with me the most out of the last two years. I'm really interested to hear you guys' thoughts on these points. There are six of them. Um, So make sure that you get with me either in a review off of Apple Podcasts or on the Instagram page so that I can hear what you are thinking about. Because I think that especially in, like, I preach community all through season one, but I think especially through all the shit show that we've been through, if we can all reflect on what we've taken out of the last couple years of shit show, like, think about all the great, you know? Like, think about all the perspectives that we can look at. Um, So point two, trusting my intuition or trusting my gut. Um, And I think that a lot of people are even experiencing this right now, with everything that's going on with the choice to or the choice not to proceed with specific medical choices. Um, Yes, I'm avoiding saying the V word, and I'm doing that on purpose. Um, I always felt in my life, like growing up, that I was supposed to slow down. Like, I always was the last one to, like, leave the classroom to go out to recess. I was always the last one, like, to have my shoes on, to be ready to leave the house, like, always the last person not, like, ready to go anywhere, and it was because I felt like I was supposed to be, like, intentional with stuff. Like, I didn't know what being intentional was with things when I was a small child, but I knew that I was supposed to be, like, taking my time. Um, I also knew how overwhelmed I got when I wasn't taking my time, which I think is, there's a counter to everything. Like, there's a flip side of every coin, and I think that if we look at why we value things, we can also understand like what the opposite does to us or maybe why we devalue the opposite of that thing. So when I think about trusting my intuition of like feeling like I was always supposed to slow down and then this terrible thing happens to the world and we have this pandemic and we're all forced to slow down, it really validated me in a weird way. Like even in the midst of so much darkness, it was like, wow, this really was what I needed. I really did always need that time to just like take a few extra breaths you know um and I really like I encourage anybody that's feeling like drawn to that to sit with that and really reflect on the ways that you've been able to take a few more deep breaths or whether that's caused discomfort in you like maybe you're someone who having time to breathe extra really just sends you through the fucking roof because you're someone who doesn't take time to feel or think about what you're feeling um I think that, like, time, and I talked about this, about taking time before, but I think that it ties in with my intuition personally, which is why I was referring to it, and only you can be aware of what your intuition is really, like, pulling you toward. But it's obvious that when you are in a place of anxiety, that that's all you are, like, currently having access to, if you've ever been someone with anxiety, But if you're ever someone who can calm your mind, you're also able to access how much of a choice that is in that moment. 
And I'm not referring to panic attacks, anxiety attacks, hyperventilating, all of that. That's not at all. I, that is not a choice. Um, but there are times where we are personally like fueling our own high energy stress, whether that be um, like repetitive thoughts or talking about something that we know is triggering to us or I do this all the time. I bring stuff up to people who I know also care about the same stuff that I do. I'll like bring up a high intensity topic because I know that they will spiral with me because my husband won't spiral with me. And sometimes we just need to spiral. Um, Enter my assistant Taylor, who literally every time she's ever over at my house, I'm like, oh my God, did you see this? And then we spend the next like two hours talking about it. Um, But I think that we have to at some point take responsibility for our thoughts and our actions and our choices and say, okay, I am choosing to give anxiety or hustle and bustle or rush a space in my life. I'm choosing to spiral. I'm choosing to grab onto the spiraling topic, grab onto my friend who I also know will spiral with me and jump our asses down the first five steps of the staircase until we just slide the way down the rest of it on like a mattress pillow. Um, I know, sorry, my analogy is really down the hole. Um, but I think that when you recognize, like, okay, another example that's way less down the rabbit hole, my wedding day, um, I was 45 minutes because I'm 45 minutes late to literally everything. That's just how my brain and body work together, I guess. I don't know. But, um, I was panicking, freaking out, and my bomb-ass photographer Taylor was like, yo, this is your wedding day. Like... (laughs) I understand that you're stressed because other people are stressed, but, like, you guys are already married. Like, you've already, you've already done this. Like, this is just for you to enjoy. Like, you really should take, take a chill pill. Like, where's your joints? And I was like, girl, true that. Like, where's my joints? And it was the perfect moment where I could recognize that, like, I was choosing to give anxiety a place in this super important day. And in all reality, did it matter that I was running 45 minutes late? No, because guess what? We were doing it in Carbon Hill on purpose in the park where no one else was in charge of running it. And guess what else? Every single person that we invited to that wedding ceremony was expecting me to be late. Like, even if they weren't expecting me to be late, not not a single person was surprised because, like I said, literally late to everything by at least 45 minutes. So I think that, like, recognizing that like your gut instinct and like your gut intuition is okay and like also what you're naturally in need of which is your gut intuition is okay like even if you don't know that what you feel like you're in need of is your gut intuition it is this is me telling you this is a little voice inside of your head um like all you have to do is listen to your needs and your brain is already in tune it's like oh yeah that would make me feel really calm I should just not worry about the fact that people are going to still watch me repeat my vows to the love of my life in 40 minutes instead of right at 4 o'clock. I don't even remember if that's the time. I think it was. That was supposed to happen. But um, so it obviously takes time and patience to work into your life. But time away from the world last year and this year has really taught me that for my anxiety, I am in control. There are times where I'm out of control of anxiety attacks or panic attacks where the spiral has already <clears throat> been fed into. The spiral is already taking place. But there are ways leading up to that that I can choose to set something down or divert my attention away from it or find other coping things, which is my intuition. I can stay aware. I can stay tuned in with myself. 
if you don't like listening to me talk, shoot, this episode is not for you. I just realized, like, we're getting into it. Um, okay, so, which I mean, it's a life update and a life lesson. So I feel like if you didn't want to listen to me talk, you probably wouldn't have tuned in. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, <laughs> life lesson that I took with me out of last year, number three. Uh, We are so much more capable of self-soothing and understanding our bodies than we believe we are. Wow, yeah, this. Uh, So much of what I've learned and been able to track and monitor in my body has been um, self-discovered, and I've become way too dependent on outside sources of knowledge leading up to that. Um, I had recognized up until I started really, like, paying attention to my gut and cutting certain foods out and doing things like that, that... I was just being passed around from doctor to doctor to doctor um, and expecting to be told what was going on with my body or told why such and such was happening. And so much of that, on like I'm not dissing doctors and I'm not dissing nurses. I value the knowledge that comes from doctors in the specific line of like care that you need. So, but I think that in order to go to the correct specific like care that you need, you also have to have a little bit of body awareness to know like whether or not you're going to be wasting your time. And you don't always have the ability to know. Like I myself, even after all of this, this time of like building awareness and trying to understand what my needs were physically, I still got passed around from doctor's office to doctor's office to doctor's office before I stopped again and like regrouped. Um, so I'm not at all like saying don't go to the doctor. Definitely like take your time and go where you feel like you need to go. But I think that we have such a strong ability to read and understand our bodies, whether it be for females, our hormone levels, or, um, you know, for anybody, our stress levels, or the ways that our body reacts to certain foods, or the ways that our body reacts to not having enough water. Like, there is such a strong insight to our bodies that we have the ability to, like, capitalize on. Um, that we don't realize we can be capitalizing on. And I think that a lot of that has to do with modern medicine and just the way that we've become very reliant on someone else telling us exactly what's wrong. Um, I feel like through all of this entire situation with my gut health, I have had success when I learned to trust my intuition, and I've found frustration with more questions when I ignored my intuition and did what society thought I was supposed to do and went to an allergist or a general care practitioner or whatever else. Um, I personally am currently getting some guidance from my chiropractor. Um, He's the most holistic type doctor that I have access to. He's not a doctor, but most holistic type care um, that I have access to. So for me, that's been how I've followed my own kind of like, again, intuition. All these are linking together. I can tell there's a common theme. Um, but recognizing that not every situation or not every hardship or not every ailment that's wrong with me is going to be able to be answered just from like making a doctor's appointment, waiting an hour in the waiting room, going in, getting pricked a couple of times and leaving and paying a $30 copay. Like if your gut tells you that there's another way for you to get answers about what's going on with you or... If your intuition tells you that, like, you are craving a certain vitamin or you're craving a certain food, like, pay attention to those things and do that. And then do your own research on it. Like, I'm not here. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not here to, like, 
tell you what to eat and I'm not a genie or a psychic to like tell you what you need for your future. I'm just saying like there are a lot of ways that your body speaks to you on a regular basis and like the only way that you have a chance of hearing it is if you're paying attention. Uh, without rambling anymore on that. Number four, uh, this one was huge. And I talk about this quite a bit on my Instagram stories here and there. So if you're someone listening who also keeps up with stories, this might sound repeti repetitive. Repetitive. I said it so fancy the first time. Um, but number four, my world didn't end when I allowed people to fall away from my life. Um, I think that this can be perceived in a lot of different ways. And I'm going to read it again, just that sentence, so that you yourself can decide how it applies to you. And then I'll kind of dive into how it applies for me. Um, my world didn't end when I allowed people to fall away from my life. I personally expend so much energy on the people in my life. It doesn't matter if they're in my life for a good reason or for a bad reason. I physically do not have control yet over my energy to not overly like care, get overly excited, be overly concerned with whatever whoever has going on. And I realized how much of that energy I used to expend on maintaining relationships that I realized down the road shouldn't have taken so much energy to maintain. Um, and that's not at all saying that re relationships don't require energy to maintain and that they don't require work because they do. Um, all, re all relationships, romantic or platonic, require energy and like consideration and thought and love and heart. But I think that there are times where if you are an energy giver or an energy feeder and it's always just coming out of you, there are times where you can... Um, Find yourself in relationships with more energy sucker type personalities. And I don't, I'm not, like, I don't like the term energy vampire. I think it's, like, a bit extra and, like, feels a bit aggressive. Um, but I do think that there are places where our energy can kind of be dumped um, and it's not as much reciprocated. And that's not to say that every single person in your life needs to reciprocate energy to you. Um, but I do think it's important when you think about uh, longevity and, like, your ability to maintain something if you're constantly pouring, 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 pouring into a source and you're never, ever getting anything back from that, like, that is going to be the death of you. Like, that is going to drain you for everything that you're worth. Um, and it'll end up creating stress for you later because, obviously, we only give energy to things we care about. And the more we invest into something, the more we hope and want it to work out. So, um, at least from my own perspective, that's how it was for me. So, um I had so much energy that I was putting out to keep people close to my heart and almost like forcing them. Like if, if the same issue came up multiple times or the same level of disrespect or the same disagreement or the same whatever came up multiple times and this like need to like mend the relationship is always there rather than just like having an unbiased view, like look in on it. Um, I think we're just like spinning our wheels. Like think about how much energy comes out of a car when its tires are spinning and it's, it's not moving. It's just like all in one spot. Like that's literally how I realized that some of my relationships were. Um, and I think that if you are someone who's trying to get new places or if you're someone who's trying to heal through things or you're someone who's a lower energy person anyway and you're trying to build yourself up in any way that you can, it's important to recognize those sources where you're just like emptying yourself out. 
Um, and like I said, that's not to say that you shouldn't be friends with people who can't refill you all the time, um, but I think it is something to be aware of. And try not to be an a-hole. Like if you realize that there's someone in your life who is only taking, um, just be mindful that um, we all burn bridges sometimes that we wish we wouldn't have burned. So maybe you can handle situations with some, um, with a light heart and like, you know, some finesse and not just, you know, being an asshole to someone because you feel like they're an asshole, if that makes sense. I don't know. I've just been there and like said things in a harsher way than 27 year old Tori would appreciate it. And then like mended the relationship at 27. Um, so I'm just saying, if you feel like there's somebody who is an energy sucker in your life, maybe just cordially distance yourself from them. Don't tell them they're an energy vampire because they might want to punch you in the face. That's all. Um, so number five, my fifth life lesson that I took with me. Um, <laughs> this one is also, if you keep up on Insta, um, in the last year, you're probably very aware, but not all family belongs close to your heart space, guys. Um, in case you were not aware, not every single person that is your blood deserves close proximity to you or access to your energy. Um, holy shit. If there is one thing that these last two years have taught me, it is that, um, in my own life, in my friends' lives, in other people's lives, like, I think once you remove this veil, this, like, BS, just, like, cheesy, Hallmark movie, like, unicorn and rainbow fluff ideal that, like, your family is, you're, like, freaking top-notch gold all the time. Like, maybe your family, personally, who's listening to this, is top-notch gold. And, hey, kudos to you and them. But... That's not always the case for everyone. And there's this unhealthy stigma attached to distancing yourself from toxic ass family. And I think that A, that stems from um, toxic family trying to guilt healing family into still dealing with them. And B, this unhealthy ideal because some people have 27 karat gold family. <laughs> it's not even a thing, I understand. But like, I think that because some people come from that, like, angelic picture book, picture-perfect family, that there's this unhealthy belief system that, like, everyone should have that or everyone does have that or you should be busting your ass to maintain that if you don't have it. And it's, like, that's just, like, very unicorns and rainbows about life. Like, that's not how everything is. Not every person is worthy of your, ac like, access to you and not every person is worthy of your love. Okay, that's not, I don't like that. Every person is worthy of your love, but every person is not worthy of access to your heart space. Because I think that you can love someone while still protecting yourself. Um, but I think that it's a very fine line. Um, and I think that if we continue to keep toxic family close to our soft spots just because they're family, um, we are opening ourselves up to repetitive mistreatment, repetitive mental, physical, social, not social, but like psychosocial abuse. Like you're just, you have this morphed perception or you're giving your brain this morphed perception of how you're allowing yourself to be treated. And I think that because so many of us have less than healthy family or at least someone in our family who's less than healthy, we all have experienced brushing someone's behaviors under the rug because they're family. Um, and I just think that that's a really important one that it came out of last year for me. Enough said on that. 
Um, the last point that I brought out of the last two years for me that I want to end on um, is that love really can jumpstart the healing to anything. Um, I think that unconditional love specifically is one of the greatest things worth having. Um, it definitely is the greatest thing worth having, but I think that the power of unconditional love is so overlooked and so underplayed. Like, your ability to flourish and grow and reflect when you're in a safe space with someone who loves you and sees you for everything that you are and not only the parts of you that look hot or only the parts of you that talk nice or sit pretty or act right. Like, someone who loves you for every effing, stinking, ugly part of you, like, they, those types of relationships help you grow. Um, so I just, I think that, like, that's one thing I've really realized. You know, Andrew and I eloped three months before, four months before the pandemic started. And we've talked so many times because of our vows that we did last month, like, how much we've grown in the last two years. And I really do think that's because just before the entire world shut down, we recognized and, re like, reaffirmed to ourselves and each other how much our love meant to each other and like how much it was worth being this thing that we fought for forever. Um, I truly know, like I know in my heart, neither one of us would have healed the, the areas and the wounds that we have healed if we didn't have the unconditional love and support of the other one. And I watch that happen all the time with the people in my life too. And it's not just relationship love. Like when my friends show me that, like I'm saying this from a very transparent point. I have been best friends with someone who judged me for my failures and for my wrongdoings and for my weak spots and a lot of it was done out of the like word framing that it was like tough love out of being my best friend and I think that that can be very skewed very easily like tough love um it's actually in one of T-Swift's new like I think it's in her 10 minute version of all too well like she talks about, like, you're, like, uncannily rude in the name of being honest. Like, uncannily is not the word she used in her lyrics, but that's the vocabulary word that my brain fetched at that moment. Um, but, like, being rude or being hateful or, like, having that, like, tough love, whatever, like, perspective of loving someone is not, that's not unconditional love. Like, at some point in time, we need to recognize that, like, tough love and unconditional love are not synonymous. They're not the same thing. Like, tough love can be utilized in a heartfelt way, but unconditional love is acknowledging that you adore someone for every fucked up part that they are. And, like, you adore them for, for recognizing their broken parts and for recognizing that that's not all of who they are if that makes sense. Um, I think that we have vastly underestimated what happens when we hold space for people to feel loved and whole and accepted and seen. Um, and that is the last thing that I want to end on um, for things that I've gained and things that I've recognized is like, if we could all take one thing from my list of six things. Well, let's say we, if we had to pick two, I want you to pick one and six. And I want you to recognize that your time is valuable. No one should be able to be the determine fact, determining factor of 
who and what you give your time to and what time you take for you. Um, and that unconditionally loving people and allowing people to unconditionally love you truly creates a space for healing that does not exist anywhere else. Like I have been loved plenty in my life, but it wasn't until I started learning how to truly like recognize and identify and accept unconditional love that I was able to really let my walls down and be like, wow, like I had a hole there. Like I had a missing piece there that I couldn't see because I had a blind spot. But now that I've been unconditionally loved, I can see the ways that I avoided or I denied or I pushed away these things that, you know, are unconditional or that lead to unconditional love. And I think that, you know, that's something to think about if you've come from a, a space where you were loved conditionally, whether it be by your family or an ex-lover or friends or whatever. But I think it's also important to remember that if you feel like you can open up around certain people, like you should. Um, there's a reason you're feeling safer with them and it can be really great for your heart space and for your friendships and all of that to like be able to open up and share all of that together. Um, so... There is so much coming up that's about to change, so I thought it would be really great just to kind of give like a standing point of where the business is at, things that kind of grew and developed throughout quarantine, um, things that have kind of shifted since quarantine has ended and wedding season picked back up. Um, over quarantine last year, so the podcast started up right before all of that chaos uh started in on us in March of 2020 um I had actually started recording podcasts before the pandemic had shut everything down but they did not release until after everything was already going on um so over that time not only did the podcast grow but I also grew my merchandise company which I have always had a knack for I've always um truthfully just lived in cozy clothes that like felt like a cloud and I've always been someone uh, for comfort instead of, well, I can't say always been someone for comfort instead of style because I feel like I definitely went through a time in my adolescence where I felt like I had to impress everyone. Um, but I learned really quickly that my body was the most uncomfortable when I was trying to like squeeze myself into these restrictive clothing pieces. So I've really developed um, a cozy merchandise line that can not only represent my brand on like a wearable advertising front, um, but also that can speak to a lot of the topics actually that we talk about here on Souls Undressed. Um, it's all about kind of removing stigmas, talking about things that <clears throat> maybe are a little less easy to talk about or that, again, just like the podcast topics are um, maybe avoided at your dinner table. Um, I try to put these words out there, these like stigma words like depression or therapist or um, you know, rest. <laughs> rest is such a weird word that we don't like let ourselves focus on as often. Um, and I put these messages out there on clothing so that other people can wear these kind of like either A, banners of solidarity that say, hey, I'm with you, or B, these kind of public service announcements, um, or C, they're just good reminders of like, I have a, a sweatshirt that says, take a deep breath, relax your jaw, um, take a drink of water. I said that out of order, but just kind of like that reminder of just like, hey, doesn't matter what you're doing right now, like breathe, you're important, you have to get through the day too. Um, also, we had, I referenced it briefly, 
Um, but we did a kind of wedding reception, if you will. Uh, we called it a vows, vows and a party. Um, Andrew and I eloped in October of 2019, my husband and I. Um, and we spent the last year, well, I spent the last year kind of planning a party for all of our friends and family um, who were obviously not involved because we eloped. Um, and we rewrote new vows. We wore our fancy clothes again. Our friends all came together and helped us decorate. We did it across the street from my childhood home. And it was magical. We had fire pits out all night. There was music playing over the speaker, but it wasn't like rage, dancer face-off music. It was like stoner, like chill music. Um, we, instead of having an open bar, we had like personal grab bags of like your favorite flower. Um, they were just like own, their own little personal like pre-rolls um, that were only to be enjoyed on private property, in the backyard, um, before you left. It was just honestly just brilliant. It was, it was awesome. Um, my new assistant Taylor started working with me over the pandemic. Um, we are Fred, I'm going to, she's in my episode, um, upcoming about the team. So I'm not going to like dive in too much to our relationship, but, um, we have like a really funny, ooh, I'm throwing stuff. We have a really funny, um, start to our relationship. And now she's my in-home assistant and she's here three days a week. Um, half the time we're working, half the time we're not, uh, just depends on what the day is like and what kind of mood it is. Um, but yes, Andrew and I, what'd you say? How bright the sunshine is. Yeah, if it's gloomy, whether it's sunny, it's, sun, it's the sun is shining on us today, so that's why you have this chipper mood. Um, but yeah, the dogs, Andrew and I, were all still really well. It's still just us and the two doggos, um, although I talk about their puppy brother that I want them to have. Oh, first John. I talk about their puppy, puppy brother that I want them to have, um that doesn't, you know, he's not picked out or anything, but I know I want them to have a third sibling. So um, that's in the talking works, but it's really not in any sort of plan. Um, but yeah, my house is currently just filled with crystals and candles and vases from our wedding reception. And I honestly couldn't be happier. It's just all like dried flowers and dried pompous and a bunch of really cute matchbooks because they were party favors. Um, and yeah, my crystal collection grew out of control over the pandemic, but it was what brought me happiness. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I think that is pretty much all of my exciting updates. I'll make sure I include some others in future episodes as they kind of come about. And then before long, you'll be able to listen to some exciting new updates in our episodes. Um, and if you follow along on our Instagram pages, there will also be some hints and kind of some, like, Easter egg, I guess, like, Easter egg releases um, to kind of take guesses at what's going on. But I'm hoping in the next couple of months we've got this new announcement out, which is going to be a huge shift for us and for you. Um, and I'm so, so thrilled about it. I am, like, at the edge of my seat. Can't wait to share it with you guys. So it was nice getting back into these episodes with you guys and kicking off season two. Um... I am not going to be rounding out episodes with, um, like, what you learned or how you can kind of help. Um, most of these topics this season are just going to be reflecting. Um, I want them to be more conversational with you guys, less as, like, me, the, um, like, the specialist or, like, me, the genius on the topic, and more of just 
conversation starters, conversationalist piece. So um, there will not be a how can I help section at the end of these anymore. Um, if you are missing anything that was in season one as you listen to season two, make sure you leave me a note somewhere, um, be it on Instagram or in a review, so that I can make sure to um, pick and choose the best from each season and continue serving you the best that I can. So I'm so happy that you stayed with me till the end. Um, if you catch yourself wanting more, you can go back and listen to any of the 23 episodes that were in season one. Um, there are solo episodes, episodes with guests, etc. Um, you can also go find us on Instagram. We are found at Souls Undressed and at Tori Elizabeth Photography. Um, I also have a women's only boudoir page under T period E period boudoir. Um, those pages are accessible all on Instagram, and there's also a Souls Undressed podcast Facebook community if you are a Facebook user and are looking for kind of like a wall to connect on about each topic. So without any more gabbing, I will send you guys off on your week. I hope that you have a beautiful one. Thanks so much for listening.